Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are so excited to be with you today. We're actually really excited because not only do we get to be with you, but you don't have to only be with us. We have a special guest with us today, which we're going to tell you about in a few minutes. But thank you for being with us. And if you haven't listened, we want to say welcome. Trav, why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of where we've been and where we're going in this episode? Yeah, so um, we've been taking these last few weeks to dive deeper into what we've been experiencing and learning and re-engage. And re-engage is our marriage ministry at Grace Church. And we started off the first Sunday with talking about our inability to love. Yeah. And each topic is really built on the next. And the next week was all about brokenness. And then from there, we learned about humility and grace And now we're kind of into this topic of forgiveness. But it's been really cool how each week is built on the next Mm -hmm. and really bringing us to a place where we see our need for a savior. Yeah. Um, And we see our need for forgiveness um, because we're all sinners in need of a savior. And so I love reengage because it really comes right after you. (laughs) It comes right after the heart because it's always the heart that matters. And so this is not seven tips to have a better marriage. This is a discipleship movement Mm -hmm. of casting our eyes upon Jesus and really asking for the introspection of God upon our heart. As it says in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, where David cries out, search me, O God, know my heart. See if there be any hurtful way in me and then lead me along an everlasting path. I think that's really kind of the heartbeat behind it all. And so there's a part of it that's, that's hard, mm-hmm. but there's a part of it that is so good Yep. if we're willing to go there. And so I, I'm, I'm excited for tonight because uh, we do have a special guest mm-hmm. who's going to talk about forgiveness, a really powerful story that comes along with that. And uh, so... Honey, why don't you introduce our guest? Okay. Well, first I want to say that, you know, yes, re-engage is about marriage, but it's a gospel-centered class. And so therefore the gospel-centered principles that we talk about each week apply to all kinds of relationships. And so, as you said, we're going to dive into forgiveness in these next two weeks. And um, I told you, Trav, the other day, like, boy, I think my mom would be a really fabulous interview. Yeah. And the reason I said that is because she has um, a great story, and it's a relationship story, um, and we'll we'll talk all about it here in just a second. But um, I have the distinct honor of introducing my own mother to the Family Huddle podcast. So my mom, Debbie. Welcome, Debbie. Debbie. I can't call I can't call you Debbie. I'll call you Mom, but <laughs> your name is Debbie. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Um, and I got to tell you, it's really, it's fun as a daughter to not only be able to interview your parent, um, but I have been able to watch my mom live out her story for as many years as I've been alive. Mm-hmm. And in particular, um, these last few years have been really, um, well, challenging, I think. Mom, would that be a good way to say it? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
They've been a good way to say. (laughs) Yes, they have been challenging. And as a family, we've kind of walked through this with you. um, But you have such a great story because God did a big work Mm -hmm. in your life and in your relationship with your dad and my grandpa. And so we would like to talk about that today. And so we're excited to have you. Um, And I wanted to um, thank you for being on the podcast with us, uh, because I know that everyone is going to enjoy you like we enjoy you. Absolutely. Um, But here's... (laughs) You're welcome. My mom is in Iowa, by the way. She's in Iowa. We're in Minnesota. And we're talking via the phone. Yeah. From our bedroom from again. Our, our bedroom again. Yeah. Technology is kind of amazing. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So well, I'm in the dining room. Oh, you're in the dining room. Perfect. Well, uh-huh. I can picture that in my mind. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's kind of dive into this topic. Actually, this is going to be fun because we're going to do two episodes with yeah. you. So tonight is part one of your story. Um, but I kind of want to set the scene for us just a little bit. And um, we're going to talk kind of right out of the gate here, just a little bit about your growing up years, mom. And the reason I say that is because you have um, a story in which around age 12, there was a major shift in your family. And so um, in a nutshell, why don't you just kind of explain why things changed drastically for you and for your family? And then you can just tell us a little bit um, about you and your dad. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, the Kind of the first thing I want to do is kind of just issue a, a disclaimer of sorts. Um, this is my story and my story, um, yeah, a personal one. And I just wanted to make it clear about my intent for sharing this. There's going to be some hard things and, and there's going to be some wonderful things. Um, I wanted to make clear that it's, it's not my intent or purpose to speak poorly or to dishonor my father. Yes. My father's not in heaven. Um, I loved him, and he loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love this quote from Tony Evans where he says, We must all remember that on our best day we are sinners saved by grace. That's right. And I'm no exception to that. Um, it's also not my intent to make anybody feel sorry for me or to make myself look good. Not at all. This, this story is really my hymn of praise. That's what I like to split. Um, I want it to be an encouragement and testimony of God's great love, mercy, and grace, and the power of forgiveness. Mm. So that's what I want this to be about. Um, that's so good. So thanks. <laughs> so at age 12, yes, um, that would put me in, in 1967. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents... Um, were, divorced, were getting a divorce that year hmm. um, after my father had an extramarital affair. Hmm. Um, in 1967, divorce was very uncommon. Mm-hmm. And in my school, um, I was 12, in my school, I knew no one whose parents were divorced. No one. Wow. Um, it was, it was, there was a lot of stigma attached to it, yeah. and there was a lot of embarrassment and shame that accompanied that. Um, 
my father was a, a in a small town. He was he was a leader in the town. He was on the city council. He was a veterinarian. Um, my mom was uh, very active in our church. She was a Sunday school teacher. She did the mother-daughter banquets every year. She often wrote the programs that went with them, mm-hmm. right along with the poetry, <laughs> and it was a very creative. Um, so when this happened, it, it was it was traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, we moved from that small town to my mom's hometown, and actually that's where my mom and dad met, in Waterloo, mm-hmm. where I live right now. <laughs> and I've lived all my life mm-hmm. um, after age 12. So I had to leave my school, my friends, my church, mm-hmm. everything that I was familiar with. In that small town, you didn't lock your doors at night. No one locked mm-hmm. them ever. Mm-hmm. Um, walked everywhere. I In the summertime, um, I'd tell my mom goodbye, and, and I would be gone all day. And there was never a worry. There was It, it was a different world. Yeah. <laughs> I would run bike, I would go swimming, and uh, I'd come home if I was hungry, <laughs> or if, you know, for supper, for sure, for supper. Um, so it was different. So we moved to um, Waterloo, and I had to start a new school. I knew no one. Um, I had I started a new church. I knew no one. Um, it was traumatic yeah. and, and isolating, scary, all of those things, yeah. all of those things. You know, the, what's there's so many things that, especially as your daughter, that are um, that it's hard for me to think of that for you um, because you gave us the opposite of that. But you know, it strikes me that in 1967, you know, you knew no one who came mm-hmm. from a divorced home, and I think about today, divorce is right. so prevalent. I mean, yeah. it's hard to even wrap our heads around what yeah. that would have been like. I mean, that yeah. was a big. Of course, it was traumatic. And so as I think yeah. about that, that family dynamic, living in a, a divorced home and, you know, father in one city and a, a mother in another and um, the back and forth, that really led really for you to many years of um, probably trauma still and hurt. And I just um, think, how did that, Specifically with your dad, how did that impact your relationship and even just the idea of forgiveness? You were young at that point. So Mm. where were you at Mm. kind of in those growing up years? Yeah, you know, in in those years, um, you know, I was just trying to I was trying to figure out how to navigate my two worlds, my world with my mom and with my new school and my world on the weekends when I would go and visit my dad. And I had, up until age 12, I had the ideal childhood, yeah. and then everything changed. Yeah. And so I was trying to mean, and I had a close relationship with my dad up until the divorce, because just distance was one thing, and then he was navigating um, a new world, a, a new marriage and family. Um, so, you know... I was trying to figure out where I fit in through all of that. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I fit in through all of that. But because it was a father-daughter relationship and I was a child, and I didn't think too much about forgiveness. I just assumed that I had no choice. It was just kind of a, yeah. well, we just go on. You know, we just, we just, we just acclimate to this new normal and we go on. Yep. And I want to have him in my life. 
And um, that's kind of how I operated. Sure. Yeah, the, the father-daughter thing is, is unique because just like you said, you were a child. So the impetus right. really wasn't on you to initiate, you know, a forgiveness or a repair mm-hmm. even. Right. You just kind right. of um, learned how to live with this broken situation, which really created this cycle of hurt and rejection over the years. Um, and then as we kind of fast forward through your story, you know, you did get married. You, well, even before that, you graduated from nursing school. You got married. Um, you started and raised a family with dad. And thank you for that. I'm part of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you also, um, in those years of your life, your teenage through your young adult years, you um, began growing in your own relationship with the Lord. And so mm-hmm. what I'm curious about is, as you look back, and you know, we know that, of course, growing in our faith is a, a lifelong pursuit, but how do you remember, like, how was the Lord starting to work on you, maybe even introducing this idea of forgiveness kind of over the, the span of those years? And that's a lot of years. So how was he doing that? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, you know, I grew up in, in a church in Sunday school, and I heard about, you know, I knew Jesus. I know what he did on the cross for my sins. But I didn't really, you know, then my life was majorly interrupted, and I didn't really grow in my faith. Hmm. I didn't have those tools. Um, and I met your dad. Yep. He came from a completely opposite family of, of stability and of a strong spiritual um, upbringing and a good Bible-believing church. Hmm. And I began going to church with him. And then I was in nursing school. And in nursing school, um, I really became curious and really wanted to um, start growing more in my faith. Sure. And so um, we had a we had a chaplain um, in nursing, nursing school, an older gentleman who was um, just the sweetest man and um, made available activities for us to do and... and um, devotionals and that kind of thing and that was a, that was an important part but really it was um, it was going to church with dad and going to to a college career Sunday school class where um, I started talking about um, marriage and that relationship and you know preparing us for our futures and um, just practical things from the Bible I mean I knew all the Old Testament things but I really didn't understand or really didn't fully comprehend that the Bible was, you know, alive Mm -hmm. (laughs) and living and um, was applicable to all parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And so um, after we got married, and, and, you know, um, that was such an important part because um, of my healing, because I could see God's hand in that. I could see God's in bringing me your dad, um, in bringing me a man that was godly mm-hmm. and that who feared God, um, a man who in um, our early years of marriage, I would see reading his Bible. Mm. Um, and that brought me great, great uh, security. Mm. Uh, 
because I saw I saw something I'd never seen. I saw um, a man that feared God and that desired to to live for Him, mm-hmm. and just um, that began a, a real time of spiritual growth for me. Then, and I really realized that you know I had been forgiven, <laughs> that Christ had died for me, that I didn't deserve it, mm. that I was shown great mercy and grace, yeah. and I I totally understood. Um, you know, redemption and, and and all the big words and justification and, yeah. and sanctification and all those things I began learning and, and wanting to learn kind of like a sponge because um, I guess I didn't, I probably didn't put two and two together, but really it was part of the healing process. What I was going to say before too, as a child and, and as a teenager, those were kind of years too where you didn't really talk about things. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't have anybody to talk to about what it was like to be a, a child of divorce. Yeah. I didn't. It just wasn't talked about, not even in my immediate family, not even could I talk about it to my grandparents, mm-hmm. not could I talk about it to my mom because she was so hurting. Yeah. And I think even, you know, it's just amazing how the ripples continue throughout your life. I could never have a family picture of me and my mom and my dad ever displayed or ever to Mm -hmm. show because I didn't, if my mom came over, I didn't want to cause her pain. If my dad came over, I didn't want him to be upset. Um, It it just was, that was kind of the the dynamic, but um, you know, that, that was a, a time during those years. And then, you know, we were busy raising new girls. And, yeah. and um, so, you know, in the in, in the piece where I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me, God has just blessed me beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for, um, yeah, we'll be married 45 years in June. And... Um, you know that's a that's something we talked about from the very onset. We we took the possibility of, of divorce off the table. Yeah, and we talked about and, and your your dad knew how. You know I could talk to him about what happened to me, mm. um, but I didn't ever want that to happen to my children. Yeah. And so we, to the best of our ability, and we're not perfect, and we oh. and so you know, <laughs> we've had to ask for forgiveness and and for from each other and. Um, but we we took that off the table, yeah. And we really um, we've really tried to um, work on our marriage and to um, keep that you know, you know a, a number one priority. And um, aside from our relationship with the individual relationships with the Lord, of course, but hmm. um, that been huge and God has blessed and I'm so thankful for that so so thankful for that so you know during those years also um, I wanted my dad to know the Lord I wanted mm. him to I wanted him to come to that saving knowledge and I wanted him to experience forgiveness and peace yeah hmm. I wanted that for him and so many over the years so many times, um, I gave him books and Bibles, and we had long talks. And I, 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 you know, so many times thought, you know, he really grasped it and um, really understood the gospel. And, and he did to up until a certain point, but um, 
I don't think ever totally um, got there until later. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the reasons, one of the pieces was so interesting in listening to you guys' um, hmm. themes in your in your study here was the humility piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad would never be accused of being humble. <laughs> um, Maybe not a strong suit. <laughs> it wasn't a strong suit at all. It wasn't a strong suit at all. And it really kept him, hmm. I think, from um, repentance. Hmm. Yeah. And um, it, 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 w- it was a stumbling block for him. It really was. Hmm. And um, so, we'll talk about what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, you, uh-huh. you're, you've given us a good picture totally. of, you know, um, having to navigate kind of, like you said, two different worlds kind of with your parents. And um, right. we're going to fast forward in your story. Um, yeah. I'd love to, before we get to that, Sure. Um, with Debbie's story, I think for our listeners, something really important that I've picked up on is, one, we don't have to let the past define us. Yeah. Nor do we have to let what happened in our family of origin yeah. be a repeat yep. in our life. Because of the gospel, we can chart a new course. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a choice that we get to we get to make. Regardless of how painful a past has been, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be what defines us or or instructs us moving forward. Yep. And so I, I just love that part of your story, Deb. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great point. And you know, I think those really all those prior years, things haven't always been easy um, mm. in that relationship for you and with your dad. And um, and like you said, there there wasn't a lot of talking about it, um, even as the years kind of went on. So we're going to fast forward talking about it, I should say, between mm. you and him, mm-hmm. um, mom. Yeah. But in right. 2015, um so many years have passed at this point, and we're grown. Right. Your kids are grown, and um, grandma and grandpa are back in Iowa um, And after being in Florida for many years, and, and crisis hit. And grandpa had a, a major health crisis, and um, mm. you got that call that, you know, as a child, you always dread thinking about with your parents someday. Uh, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he was kind of at death's door, really. And yeah. there were kind of two two things happening at the same time. One is, you know, what's happening with your dad and then what's happening with you at the, the same time. So maybe just kind of real briefly catch us up on and what happened in 2015. Okay. Well, my dad had an um, open-heart surgery. Um, Steph, I was pregnant for you when he had open-heart surgery. Wow. Mm. So um, he you know, had had heart issues and had some health issues, but um, he, he was able to, to uh, manage it fairly well, but um, he's getting up there in years yep. and uh, in his 80s now, and things are starting to change. And he um, suffered um, uh, a major issue with congestive heart failure. Yeah. And he was sent into uh, the ER in, in a, um, Ames, Iowa, where he lived, and they really couldn't manage him and called me um, and said that um, he wanted everything done, and uh, they would have to move him then to um, Des Moines, to um, a major hospital in Des Moines. 
And I said, well, if that's what he wants, then, then that's what we'll do. And I will get there. I will. I was at work. Um, this was right around Christmas time. Yeah. And Stacy was home for Christmas from um, North South Carolina, but yeah. wrong Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys would be coming also from um, Minneapolis. And so, you know, it was a busy time and it was a stressful time. And I was, mm. I was winding up work at the university before break. Yeah. And so we left right away. And, um, got there and um he w- he could barely talk um his lungs were full of fluid and his heart was um uh really stressed mm-hmm. and he he looked terrible and i did not know if he was going to make it or not um fast forwarding that i was able to um talk with him and ask him if he was frightened and tell him that he didn't have any, said he wasn't. And I said, you, you don't have to be dad, you know, um, and really share the gospel with him again yeah. <laughs> yeah. and told him, um, what to do. And, and, and I, um, prayed with him and gave him verses. And, um, then we started the process of hospital discharge. And at that time we thought it would be he wanted, he wanted to go home. He wanted to be home. So we made arrangements when it t- came time and he got stable and we signed for discharge to go home and have um, help there. Yeah. Um, and um, he uh, was not even home 24 hours and he had another big episode um, where he had um, pulmonary edema, which is um, his lungs just filled up again. Yeah. And it, that was that was another life and death situation. Really, my dad should not have lived two times, and right. God spared his life. God spared his life mm-hmm. because he wasn't yet mm-hmm. he wasn't done with his story. Yeah. And uh, after that, then we knew that um, it became evident that uh, he needed, to, uh, and he and his wife needed to go to assisted living. Yep. He needed more care. It wasn't safe for them to be alone, and so we started the process of of looking for places for them to live. And um, my dad has always been very um, in charge mm-hmm. and in control mm-hmm. and the decision maker. Mm-hmm. And um, but these things were taken were starting to get taken away from him because mm-hmm. he was not well enough. Mm-hmm. I had to take over his um, bill paying, and we had to sell a condo and most of their belongings. And things were beginning to slip away and out of his control. Yeah, and um, that was very difficult, difficult for him, and he became very difficult. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, I became. think I think that people can relate to that that because sometimes this is what happens in a loved one's life. It feels like overnight things changed yeah. drastically, and and you're right. Yeah. I mean, we didn't think he would make it through the first. Um, episode in the hospital. We really thought that was going to be the end and he hung on. And then all of a sudden he hung on enough that it was like, okay, now we really have to think about where's he going to be. And, and, you know, just like you said, it it just turned into this huge snowball of getting into assisted living. And and that is stressful. That's stressful in a family. And, um, you know, as, as his daughters, you know, we watched you and our aunt, uh, Sherry really rally around and, and, um, make a lot of those hard decisions and try to 
to help them. And I just think, Mom, in that, um, you know, you came to kind of a crossroads with him where you yes. the end was all of a sudden looming. And here you've had all these years where you've, you know, been sharing the gospel and, and wanting that really the reconciliation from the hurt and stuff. And now you're, you're potentially the end. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching in you just an urgency and not that you hadn't had it all these years because you had, you'd been faithful to, to try to get there with him. But now all of a sudden here we are Mm -hmm. and time is of the essence. And I remember you even saying to me on the phone, like you just didn't want to waste phone calls kind of, or words like, you, you, every phone call you had with him, you were dripping the gospel because you knew that's what yeah. he needed. And mm-hmm. so I think as we kind of wrap up this, this first part of your story in this, uh, this first episode about your story, what, what was God really impressing on your heart about forgiveness? You know, we talked earlier that it wasn't really a, even a thing in your head as a kid, of course. And then as a, you grew as an adult and you grew in your spiritual life, you know, God began kind of putting that on your heart. And now here you're at the end of his life. Mm. What was yeah. God kind of telling you? And even if it's just one or two things, what was he showing yeah. you? Mm. Well, and it really kind of came to the end of my rope um, with him. And um, one night told your dad, I'm, I'm done. I, 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 how many times do I have to do this? This is 48 years of hurt mm, over yeah. and over and over again. And fortunately, the Holy Spirit very quickly started working in my heart and impressing in my heart. And I just felt in my spirit, uh, Debbie, you have witnessed to him. You have claimed to be a Christian. You have told him of God's love. And now you're not going to forgive? That can't do that. And I said to your dad, I cannot... I, I cannot do this. I have to forgive. Number one, I don't want to become bitter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. the thing about you drinking the poison and then waiting for the other person to die. Yeah. And um, I don't want bitterness to take over my heart. Mm. And most importantly, it, I had to be obedient to the Lord. Yeah. I mean, the Bible is just full of instruction on forgiveness. Yeah. Um, you know, Christ forgave us. And he once, you know, told us we need to forgive others. The Lord's mm-hmm. Prayer, you know, mm-hmm. forgive us um, our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Yeah. And I just, um, I, I knew that I had to, I had to forgive. And um, I love this quote from Corey Ten Boone, who, of course, was in a Nazi Germany concentration camp, and her sister died there, and, you know, she says, forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Hmm. Such a good quote. That's a great quote. And just and, and she also said, forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. Hmm. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Wow. Yeah. And those two things were so powerful and and I just, you know, you have to turn your eyes and not focus on what's been done to you, but focus on what Christ has done for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it right there. Yeah. I just said to your dad, you know, 
you know, what if, what if Jesus would have said about me, you know, Debbie, I'm getting real sick of you sinning all the time. <laughs> and you're, <laughs> you're kind of dumb because you're not getting it. So you know, forget it. No, I mean, look what was done for me. And, and I cannot in turn, um, not forgive. Hmm. So this is easy. Doesn't mean that I was like, oh, good. Now I get to humble myself and forgive. Hmm. Um, not that it happened right away for either one of us. Yeah. Um, but, hmm. but it did. And it opened the door for honesty for the first time between my dad and I. Hmm. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it did. And, um, talking about, um, specifically about David's sin hmm. and, and my dad talked about that, and he said he told me at one point I asked for forgiveness, maybe not as good as David did, but I try, <laughs> and I do, and I do every day, you know, in his own in his own way, in his own baby steps that he was taking, he was starting to get it, and mm. I really feel because everything had been taken from him, God was humbling him. Yeah, he was being made to be humble, mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. out of that humility. And you know how we used to say stuff. He'd tell me, I'm cramming for finals. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. That's right. He was soaking it all up at the end. <laughs> at the end, he was soaking it off. And I used to tease, and I used to say to Steph, I'm going to give him Travis's number. Because honestly, <laughs> I feel like I have to be a theology <laughs> professor here because of all the questions he keeps asking me but um, he, he really uh i really feel like that pride when pride when we when we lay aside our pride mm. and we are yeah mm-hmm. and he knew that peace was coming yeah and i wanted for him that peace and i wanted for him that forgiveness and i wanted for him to embrace the gospel yep. so yeah, um, that's that's a beautiful um, that's a beautiful way to end here. Yeah. This first part of your story, and and we're throwing a teaser out because the next episode next week we're going to conclude kind of what what happened. But mom, you you said something that I think is exactly kind of where we've been in in this yeah. podcast as we've been deeping or diving deep that humility really opened the door for him to. Um, admit his yeah. need and then seek yes. forgiveness from God. And God was so faithful, of course, but, um, Trav, what were yeah. you going to, what did you want to say? Well, I think too, life has a way of stripping things from us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think pride got stripped away. Things he had trusted in other than the Lord yeah. mm-hmm. got taken out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a man's flat on his back, his face is finally pointing in the right direction. Yeah. And I, and I think that's totally true with this situation. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it doesn't end with just humility. Mm-hmm. There's a, a whole other story to this that's really beautiful and powerful. Yeah. I hope that you guys would come back and listen again next week as we share about part two on forgiveness. Yeah. So we want to we wanna thank you for being um, with us. Thank you for um, meeting my mom. I hope you've mm-hmm. enjoyed that. Um, I didn't do a very good job of introing you, Mom, at the beginning here. You are, of course, my mother. You are married to my father. <laughs> Just like you said, you have. You guys will have been married 45, is that what you said? Yeah. 
Yeah. Gosh, I haven't done the math this year yet. 45 years in June. Um, your life's work, I would say, was helping to raise um, the three girls, three girls, but also you are a nurse by trade and just recently retired from that. Um, but I am really grateful that you uh, were willing to share this. And I've actually been waiting um, and you've had other opportunities too, but your story is a great one. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been waiting for you to be able to share it. And it's, and it's been a fun journey as a daughter to watch you walk with the Lord through this and through a really hard season in your own life. Um, and yet to see what God has done. So I won't give it all away. We're going to, we're going to get there next time, but, um, we want to thank you for listening today and Trav, why don't you just, um, pray for our listeners here as we wrap this episode up, knowing that, you know, some of you may be facing a similar thing in a relationship that's hard yeah, and where forgiveness feels like, way out of reach mm -hmm. um, or something that just you're not ready to give. Yeah. So why don't you pray for us as we kind of ponder all these things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesus, thank you, Father, for today. And um, in light of, of everything, we start talking about um, having to go through hard things. Um, may we continue to place our eyes on Jesus. I love as it says in Hebrews 12, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now sits down at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Let us consider him who endured such hostility from evil and sinful people that we would not grow weary and lose heart. And Father, I, I pray for those who maybe have grown weary and have lost heart, that they would place their eyes on Jesus and see how much they are loved by the God of this universe. And when we see how much we're loved by the God of this universe, it is a humbling and powerful force in our life for change. And I pray that in the midst of maybe something hard, they would see Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for forgiveness, and thank you that you have forgiven us by what you did at the cross. And that has released us, set us loose from um, being uh, in a place of bitter bitterness or unforgiveness, and that we can uh, live a life for the king. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus, thank you for today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for being with us. We hope you'll come back next week for part two and more on forgiveness. See you then. And that is a wrap on another episode of the Family Huddle. We hope that you were encouraged and we're excited to listen today. And then also that you are planning on tuning in next week as we get to hear part two this part is forgiveness. Next part is forgiveness in action as it pairs with our re-engage study. Uh, but I'm just really excited to hear from Deb and as she testifies to God's faithfulness on how all of this kind of wraps up. And as she spoke about what his work was in her own life and in her family, as well as in the life of her father. And I was struck by the fact that it wasn't a quick fix. So I just think sometimes for me, I want things that are hard or difficult or hurtful to get remedied or fixed quickly. I think that's probably a universal thing, but to be reminded that God can be trusted in the midst of hard things or things that take longer than we feel like they should. Our God is unchanging. So thank you again for tuning in. As always, we would um, love if you would leave us a review 
make sure you subscribe. If your podcast platform allows you to subscribe to our episodes, you'll get notified when new episodes come up and it just does make it easier for people to find us. And on Apple Podcasts, again, take a little bit of time to leave a review. All of that is to just, again, make it easier for people to find our content and hopefully be encouraged and strengthened and edified through it. And we will see you again soon. Bye.